Welcome to the LifePoint Palm Bay Sermon Podcast. We encourage you to make copies of this message, but please don't charge for those copies. If you'd like to know more about LifePoint Palm Bay, please visit LifePointPB.com. We're going to wrap up this One Another series. We've, been, we've actually been in this series for 10 weeks. I was surprised when I went back and looked. We went through, we talked about encourage one another, love one another, connect with one another, serve one another, comfort one another, bear with one another, pray for one another, welcome one another, edify one another, and then last week we talked about forgive one another. We could continue on for another 10 or 15 weeks in this series. There are that many one another's in Scripture. But the Lord seemed to put a period on it, and today, the really, uh, this is going to look a little different than maybe a normal service might. But today, I really wanted, I asked the Lord, Lord, why did we do this series? What's the point? Why, why go through it? I mean, a great, yeah, it's nice, the one another is the whole deal, but why do it? The reason that the Lord had us go through this series is because of who he is. And one of the things that, that you realize quickly in this life is that everything in your life is determined by what you believe about God. Everything. Or whether you believe in God at all. If you don't believe in God at all, then you can pretty much do what you want because it doesn't matter. Um, every man does what's right in his own eyes. There is no higher authority. There is no greater plan there's just you here for whatever time you have to do whatever you want with whatever you can get away with, whatever makes you happy, I guess. That's a miserable existence, asking anybody who's lived it very long. Because here's the challenge. If we believe there is a God, and by the way, I do believe there is a God. If there is a God, then there are two questions I have to ask. Who is he and what does he want? Because I've already acknowledged because there is a God, there's someone higher than me who knows more than me, who has a plan for everything. I've acknowledged that because he's God. So immediately I have to ask, who is he and what does he want? What is his plan? What is he, how does he want me to live out this life? The answer to that question is really, really very simple. It's caught up in these one another's. God is a God who, by his very nature, is about unity. We call him, God, the Trinity, right? The triune nature of God. Trinity is actually two words, tri and unity. Trinity. As a matter of fact, we have in our very core of beliefs, and please don't ask me to explain all the Trinity. I cannot. I can tell you that the Trinity, that it is not three gods, it is one God. It is one essence, but three personalities. Equal, co-equal, with the same purpose. Someone used the illustration of a pretzel. A pretzel has three different holes in it. Hole one is not like hole two, and hole two is not like hole three, but all three holes are combined in one essence, one dough. I don't know if it's a good illustration. Us trying to take human terms and describe an infinite God, is, it's challenging. It's challenging. 
I don't understand all that, but the very concept of God as he's revealed to us in scripture and as he reveals himself to us is that he is about unity. He's three and yet one. The devil's plan then, because he understands and believes this, is to create disunity. That is his plan. That is his work, is to always stand opposed to the will and the plan of God. Wherever he sees it, wherever he finds it, he is opposed to it, and he wants to stir up whatever he can to stop that. Have you ever wondered why in your family or in your friendships, something started out so small as a minor disagreement, and now it is this raging inferno, and you wonder how something so small got to be so big? Do you ever wonder that? Have you ever had that experience? Where something so small gets to be so big? Do you know why it gets that way? Because the enemy amplifies it. Because he fans it. Because he encourages it. It is what he wants to do. The only time the enemy wants unity is when we're unified against God. Like at the Tower of Babel. At the Tower of Babel, God comes down and he confuses them. He messes up their unity because they're unified against him. Against his plan and his purpose. If God is a God of unity, if that's who he is, and the scripture bears this out. As a matter of fact, if we look in the garden, he makes Adam and Eve, and he says, I want to walk with you. I want to be unified. I want to be in relationship with you. The enemy comes in, he lies to Eve, and says, God's holding out on you. If you knew all that was there available to you, you'd realize God's holding out on you. So he sows disunity. And then there's disunity between Adam and Eve, and so there's marital disunity. And then there's family disunity because he stirs up Cain and Cain kills his brother Abel. There's disunity. There's disunity among nations. There's division. There's fighting. There's war. I love the sentiment of peace, a world without war. It's a sentiment. It won't exist until Jesus comes back. God is a God of unity. Now, I want you to understand something about unity. We have to define it. Unity is not sameness. You look around this room and you can tell we're not the same. We're different in all kinds of ways. We're different in personality. We're different in shape and size and experience and culture. We're different in many ways. Unity is not sameness. It is oneness. The difference is huge. I don't have to think the same in every way as you do. I don't have to be motivated the same way as you. But unity requires a oneness, a oneness of purpose, a oneness of moving together. What is it that we are doing that God has called us, that we believe God has called us to do, and we are moving that way together? That's where the series on one another comes in. Because here's the problem. If you ask most Christians, are you following God's plan for your life? I think most would say, yes, I am. The challenge with that is you and I don't get to determine whether or not we're following the plan. We have to look at what he's revealed to us in his word and by his spirit and say, is that really God's plan for me? You know what the one another series is? It's a mirror that we hold up and say, are we actually doing what God's called us to do? Even if I don't want to. Even if my personality is not wired that way. Even if I've been hurt in the past, even if there's a possibility and there is a good possibility I'll be hurt in the future, even if it doesn't work out the way I hoped, even if I'm tired, I've wrestled with that one the older I get. 
Lord, I'm just tired. Just tired. By the way, I'm in good company. Jesus got tired. But he also got renewed and refreshed. So tired weariness is not a reason not to follow the will and the plan of God. God says, my plan for you is a unity. And he says, it's so important that when the world sees it, when they see how I'm working in you in this oneness of purpose, not sameness, but oneness, when he sees it, when they see it, they'll marvel and say, what's causing this? Where did this come from? And we can say, it came from heaven. It is God himself. It is God's idea. This is not a unique thought throughout Scripture. 1 Corinthians 1.10, I don't even know that all these will be on the overhead for you because I didn't give, it, give them to them. You might just jot them down if you want, if you take notes. Otherwise, you listen to the podcast later. 1 Corinthians 1.10, he talks about this idea that there should be no division among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same spirit. And then he goes on to say, but I hear there are divisions among you. Colossians 3, 13 says, Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Perfect unity. Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Psalm 133, we read it earlier in the worship time, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like this oil, and see, it's hard for us. We don't understand this anointing thing that was so much a part of the Old Testament. This oil that was running down, it's gravitational, it flows. It flows from the head, goes down on the beard, goes down on the collar, works its way down. And then he gets to the end. He says, why is this so important? Because here in this place of unity is where the Lord commands the blessing. What is the blessing? What is the blessing from Psalm 133? You remember when it was up there on the screen? The blessing is life forevermore. That's the blessing of unity that he commands. Life forevermore. John 17 I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Jesus is praying. He is about to go to the cross, and he's crying out to the Father, and here's what he's asking for. Lord, make them one like we're one. The way we're one, make them one. I'll be honest with you. I've been in church 52 years. I'm 52 years old. I've been coming to church for 52 years. I didn't have a choice when I was a baby. I was brought to church. But I've been in church my whole life. I have seen all kinds of churches. Been involved in all kinds of churches and different groups of people. I've seen the good and the bad. What I often don't see very much or very long is biblical unity. I, I really do believe that some of what we're experiencing now and have begun to experience in recent years is just a taste of what that looks like. Just a taste. But there's a long way that the Lord wants to take us in all of this. I want you to do something with me. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back up. They're going to lead us in some more. Again, this service is going to look a little different. We're going to, and I'm going to walk down, so Allison, I'm going to switch places with you. All right. Um, 
I want us to take some time in this service today, rather than me just talk at you, I want you to ask the Lord if what I'm saying is true. I want you to ask him, is what he's saying true? Is it really, is this life really, in God's purpose for this life, is it really, you say, well, Troy, God's, we know God's purpose is that we bring glory to him. Yes, we know that's, purpose, that's his purpose. We know that his purpose is his son came to give us life and he wants us to respond. Yes, we do. But when it comes to this thing he calls the church, what is his purpose? He said, well, we're supposed to let other people know about Jesus. Yes, we are. But he said, how is the most effective way that you're going to communicate my love and the love of Christ, how are you going to do that best as a body of Christ? And Jesus makes this really clear. He said, they're going to know that you're mine by the way you love each other, by the way you unify with one another, the way you have a oneness, not a sameness, but a oneness. This is how they're going to know. By the way you love one another, encourage one another, accept one another, welcome one another the way you pray for one another, the way you edify one another. Can I tell you something? These last 10 weeks, there have been moments where I have thought, Lord, I don't know that I have even a clue what all this means. I have an intellectual understanding. What does this really look like and what does this really mean? I've just honestly been asking him. I'm going to challenge you to do the same thing. Ask him. What does it mean in your life? Are you willing to be able to submit and say, Lord, whatever you say, I'll believe, even if I don't like it, even if it's not my personality, even if it's not, it doesn't fit in with my plan, even if I'm weary, even if I've been hurt, even if I don't understand, I'll submit to your plan. I want you to bow your heads with, with me just a moment. And as instruments play, just talk to the Lord. I want to give you time. Often we don't have time to do this in a service. I'm talking. Well, I don't want to talk right now. You talk. Talk to Him. Ask Him, is this really your plan? And if it is, would you show me what you want me to see about unity? intrinsically who you are is unity is this who you are and Lord how does my American mindset line up with who you say you are how does my independence line up with that 
How does my doing life on my own terms line up with that? you this morning, I want you to have time to be able to talk to the Lord, to be able to ask and listen to what he says. I'm going to ask the team to begin to sing for us. If you want to join with them, you can. If you just want to be quiet before the Lord, you can do that. I want you to listen for his voice. Listen for him to speak. He may even speak to you in the words that they sing. Listen for his direction to you. Is this really who he is and what he wants? The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. 